Welcome to Rick and Bubba University, the podcast, episode 183. Uh, we are uh, today talking about uh, a topic that I wish uh, was not so prominent, but but it is. Uh, and that is the ongoing, I mean, this is not even exaggeration, uh, uh, the drug problems of our country and our addiction problems are unbelievable. I mean, and, and with this open border standing there wide open uh, with no vetting, the problem just gets worse. But uh, we are thankful uh, for ministries like the Foundry. Uh, and we got Micah Andrews here with us today on this edition of Rick and Bubba University, the podcast CEO uh, of the Foundry and, and Foundry Ministries. And and we'll, we'll sor- certainly give you their website throughout this, but it's foundryministries.com. So, Micah, um, you have uh, been a, uh, you were a student pastor for 13 years before joining the team at the Foundry. Uh, you uh, you started like a lot of people in ministry as a volunteer and coordinating volunteers. You worked with the men's program mainly, and then of course uh, recently were made the, the you made the CEO. You heard me say it. Uh, we wish that this organization and this ministry wasn't needed, but 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 not only is it needed, it, I mean, it's desperate. I mean, the situation right now with with addiction in our country is just mind boggling. It is, you know. I think. Uh the numbers say 22 million Americans are suffering from addiction, um, 110,000 overdose from uh, opioid uh, overdoses last year and died. You know, that, that fills up Bryant-Denny Stadium. Yeah, and, and when you look at it from that perspective, 150 people a day are dying in our country from uh, overdoses to drug abuse. Well, and do you? Remember, I remember when you know it was it was something that you heard about a family and they had this family member, and I guess you've heard uh, about. Uh, her or him, you know, with drug addiction. Um, unfortunately, my mother talks about being a child and, you know, having a mom that struggled with prescription drugs and addiction. But in those days, it was it was rarely heard of. Uh, and now I can't remember, and I'm not exaggerating, I can't remember the last time that I sat down to talk to anyone that did not have drug addiction somewhere in their circle, whether with friends usually with family. Um, and why do you think that is? Well, I think one thing, I think it kind of goes back to the very beginning that uh, broken people have broken problems, right? right. Broken issues. Mm, right. And so I think we're all trying to figure out how to f- solve those. And if we look in the wrong direction, uh, I think substances are so readily available today. Uh, I think the, the pharmaceutical companies have flooded the market. Okay. Uh, the illegal market has has, you know, gone rampant, and I think ease of use or ease of access probably. I, I asked a guy probably ten years ago uh, how easy it was to to find drugs in Birmingham, yeah. and he said, you know, I can find marijuana anytime, anywhere, whatever. You fast forward to about a la- uh, maybe a year and a half ago, I asked a similar question to another guy, and he said, I can find heroin and buy heroin cheaper today than I can buy or find marijuana. So when you talk about a, the 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 market, so to speak, yeah. being flooded, uh, I think that's one of the biggest issues because we're all trying to find that pe- place of peace. I think that kind of yeah. goes back to the humanity issue, right? And, and when we're trying to find uh, a solution to yeah. the life's problems, if we look in the wrong direction, ease of access is creating that problem. Micah, let me ask you this. How, how many of the folks you see involved in this come from a 
situation where they may have, uh, you, you mentioned the pharmaceutical companies uh, may have started on painkiller for a, you know, a surgery or a procedure yeah. or something, and, and that migrated over into drug abuse at some point. Unfortunately, uh, Bubba, that's very common. Um, I think w- the folks that we serve at the foundry are, are kind of like uh, when I was in youth ministry serving sixth graders through 12th graders. It come from all varieties, right? Yeah, yeah. And so uh, I think um, that is definitely one of the one of the inroads to addiction. Uh, we serve a lot of people with generational addiction, right? I, I used with my parents who used to some form or fashion with their parents. And so, so you, you've got the, the generational aspect of it. Uh, but I never met anybody that woke up and said, I want to be a drug addict for the rest of my life. And so typically, uh, whether the path in may be varied, uh, you know, it's, it's like a ditch that you can't get out of. So uh, folks that are struggling with prescription uh, uh, addiction is definitely one of the big pieces that we see at the foundry. You know, when you I'm thinking about things that I've seen firsthand and I do think that, you know, when there's some, sometimes we see about drugs and we're kind of like appalled, like why in the world would anybody ever try that? And, and we'll talk about fentanyl coming up here in a minute. But, yeah, it's a whole other But I, But I want to talk about this. I actually understand, I'm not condoning it and it's very dangerous. I do understand somebody saying, I am in severe pain and I take this and I'm not. Right, right, and I had, and it gives me a quality of life that I thought was gone forever. Now they, they, they don't understand the beginning that yeah, but this is going to kill you, right? If you become dependent on this, and it's going to ruin your life. But that first day that you said I'm hurting, now I'm not. See that world of opioids, I kind of understand the draw to that, and and I remember even getting something that you think is harder to understand, things like meth. Mm-hmm. I remember talking to a person that I was trying to help that was that was family, and I said, "Why in the world would would you yep. ever try this?" And the family member said, "The first time that I took this, I felt the way that I've always desired to feel. I thought in that moment, if I could feel like this all the time, my life would be better." This is the way I want to feel. Now, you hit the point. There is a way to have that peace and to have that joy that you know transcends, transcends all understanding, and we know what that answer is, which is why I'm, I'm glad there's organizations like you that are trying to point them to something better, and that, of course, is redemption. But if you don't know that and you've never experienced that and somebody says, try this, because they always think, don't they, Micah, well, I won't get addicted to it. Right, right, right. This is just a moment that I'm going to try something. And some of these drugs are so highly addictive, heroin being one that you mentioned. Sure. That first try is all it takes because it's got you because of what she just said. She said it made me feel the way I've always desired to feel. A lot of the guys that we serve refer to it as chasing the dragon. That's right. Yeah. They're always trying to get back to that feeling that they first experienced um, and you know, you mentioned it, Rick, the, the, the drug itself is not, if I have knee surgery, mm-hmm. I'm going to need some pain medication. That's right. Yeah. Right. Oh, yeah. Right. Yeah. But, but those feelings that you get is chasing that feeling. Right. And that, that pseudo piece right. that comes from that manufactured it, piece. Yeah. yeah. And so when you start using substances to kind of fill a hole that they're not designed to fill, that's when addiction really starts to settle in. Uh, because we, 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 
you know, we cope emotion with our emotions, uh, with loss, with grief, with substances that weren't intended to fix those things or to to fill those those voids. And so I think that's the, uh, you know, one of the biggest challenges that we face in recovery is getting back to, all right, because we can dry anybody out if you stay long enough with us, right? Sure, right. yeah. Uh, but but <clears throat> let's get back to kind of the root issue here, uh, whether it was an injury and you, you slipped into, uh, and I don't know that that's the right terminology, but if you... If, yeah, I mean, we know what you That mean, was kind of the though, entry yeah. route, right? Yeah. Right. Uh, or the, or whether it's it's some childhood trauma that you've never dealt with uh, or, or, or worked through, uh, and you're just trying to find a, a numbing agent, so to speak. Yeah. Uh, so a lot of it would be like almost trying to fill potholes on the interstate with sand. Uh, great description. It, it's just, it's just yeah. not going to yeah. last, is it? Absolutely. Great description. Yeah. My, my, I remember this to the point you were talking about. So... We've all been through difficult things, and and by the way, in case you are wondering out there, in this life, you're not going to make it without difficulty. No. You can't avoid it. It's part of life, and you better learn how to cope with it and develop coping skills that are healthy or looking for the answers in the right places, back to the, the sand analogy, which was absolutely spot on. But I remember when when we were experiencing the earthly death of our son, one of our sons, and I remember people of the best intentions, the best of intentions, tried to get my wife to take drugs. I mean, drugs that are designed right. for, for to help. Medication. And, and she said, absolutely yeah. not. And she said, the reason why is I don't want to be numbed. I want to feel this pain. I want to be refined by this pain. And while I'm going through it, I want to be completely clear-headed because I want to see God in this. I want to learn from that, and don't you take that away from me. I'm not going to numb myself to try to get through this. I'm going to t- I want every single benefit from this kind of trauma that is going to push me closer to God and is going to make me stronger. It's going to make me more dependent on him. It's going to refine me, and you're trying to give me drugs to rob me of that. Yeah. Sometimes we don't need to be numbed. And that's right. You know? And I think that's one of the things at the foundry that we we try to really work through. Right. right? Let's get back so that you can experience emotion right. in the right way. In the right way. Uh, so that you can experience brokenness and broken relationships because we all have them. Right. 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 But let's let's sort through those and work through those to where how you respond down the road is very different than how you responded prior to this change of heart or change of life that you're experiencing at the fa- places like the foundry yeah we'll come back we want to jump into to more of that too um and and even some things that are going on uh, around the world things that are happening right now involving uh, you know drugs that are just destroying uh, the very fabric of every country that they come into when rick and bubba university the podcast continues this is the Rick and Bubba Show. Watch more at blazetv.com slash Rick and Bubba. Rick and Bubba, Rick and Bubba. All right, so let's talk about life insurance. Uh, it, it's not something that is fun. It's not a great topic. None of us really want to talk about it. But let's just look at it from another angle. Uh, we're talking about you got to learn to look at things from a, a different angle. Uh, don't you feel, and I do, and I know you do too, Bubba, a responsibility to those that depend on you? Yes, absolutely. Yeah, so, absolutely. you know, what? what Death is, is something that we all have to face. We don't have to live our life in terror of it. But you need to be prepared because if, if, if you were to leave this world before 
you know, your spouse or your children, uh, we have a responsibility to make sure they're taken care of. Now let's get to like, all right, you got me on that, but wow, this is complicated. I don't want some policy that, you know, they try to get me to build a college fund in it or build my retirement in it. I just want to know that when I die, that this is what my loved ones get. Well, us too. Uh, that's term life insurance. And you can get it very easily from Ladder, L-A-D-D-E-R. It's 100% digital. Now listen to this. If you are wanting to have coverage of $3 million or less, then you're not going to have to see a doctor. There's going to be no needles, no paperwork. You can apply for $3 million in coverage or less in just a few questions and, and uh, on, on the he- on, about your health and their application. Uh, they're rated uh, on Trustpilot 4.8 out of 5 stars. Forbes magazine uh, had them as best life insurance uh, on their best insurance list. Uh, Ladder's customers um, realize that if you, if you just have a few minutes, a phone, a laptop, that's all you need. Uh, Ladder's smart algorithms work in real time, and you'll find out if you're instantly approved. There won't be any hidden fees. You can cancel anytime you want to. Get a full refund if you change your mind the first 30 days. Okay, So why don't you look now? Uh, ladder policies are issued by insurers with long proven histories of paying claims. Rated A and A plus uh, out there on uh, a- by AM Best. So why don't you go to ladderlife.com slash Rick Bubba and we'll find out if you're instantly approved. Okay, And you can get this off your list. That's L-A-D-D-E-R life.com slash Rick Bubba. Ladderlife.com slash Rick Bubba. Back on Rick and Bubba University, the podcast, uh, we're talking to Micah Andrews, CEO of the Foundry, uh, foundryministries.com to find out more. Uh, we were talking about it even on the on the live show, the big show today, uh, and that is fentanyl. Uh, you know, I know that uh, Xi is here from China. We got problems at the border. Fentanyl. Uh, you've, you've been around doing this kind of work for a while, Micah. Have you seen anything quite like this? Uh, nothing at all quite like this. Uh, you know, we we kind of started seeing fentanyl about two years ago, uh, really coming out of the pandemic as it started surfacing in recovery circles and in recovery industry, if you will. And about a year ago is when we started seeing uh, folks coming to the foundry that fentanyl was their primary drug of choice. And so what we have seen is just this rampant uh, uptick uh, in usage uh, from folks that, again, are just trying to to get a little bit more out of out of their their you know their substance of choice. Mm-hmm. Uh, the risk that we have really experienced is where um, whether you call it laced or or mixed with mm-hmm. uh, pressed uh, prescription pills, folks that are not really interested in using fentanyl, but that their drug of choice is something else that is now mixed and pressed with mm. uh, or stamped is, I think, the, the terminology. And so when I think I'm taking Adderall, I'm actually taking Adderall and fentanyl mixed. Right. Mm-hmm. And so what happens is you create another layer of addiction because I want the way that felt as opposed to what the way it used to feel. And so folks are almost unintentionally finding themselves addicted to fentanyl. So does the drug dealer do that? So they'll come back and go, now, wow, what, what, what was that I got? He goes, well, I'll tell you what that was. I put a little, I put a little extra in there for you. You want some more of that? Is that how they operate? Yeah, well, you've got to think from the industry. Right, yeah. The, the, the guy that's, that's got the best stuff is going to have the best product, is going to have the, the largest client base. Right. And so, so it's, it's that 
that business model really that happens. So, Mike, and I'm not familiar with it, but we we hear how dangerous fentanyl is. We we know someone who's lost family members to it. We've seen the training videos where a police officer passes out just by inhaling it. Right. I, how can you use that and it not just kill you immediately? I mean, is there different levels, I guess? Yeah, so I think a lot of it has to do with, with an individual's tolerance level. Mm-hmm. I mean, there are multiple things. Uh, the amount that is actually put into that is ingested right. um, uh, has, a, has an effect differently on different people. Um, the ability to, to process drugs within our systems has an effect. But it definitely can be deadly, right? Oh, absolutely yeah. can be deadly. Uh, in fact, first responders in, in just in our city are now double-gloving if, ex- yeah. if they anticipate uh, an overdose scenario. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're having a double glove and sometimes triple glove because of the environment. Wow. And so it is It is unbelievably lethal. Um, but, again, it's chasing chasing something, really, yeah. right? Yeah. What it, it's what it really all gets back to. Is it moving meth out a little bit as the preferred drug? Because I know for one time it, it was meth everywhere. I mean, right. I, that was, it was, you know, and all the horrible things that go with that. But you're you're hearing more about fentanyl now than you are meth. Yeah, am I am I imagining that? No, you're not, yeah. not at all, Rick. I, I, Sixteen years ago, when I got to the foundry, your cocaines and your your stimulants <clears throat> and methamphetamines were kind of the primary drugs of choice that we were seeing. Uh, there was a, a, a dip in that and, and an increase in opioid use early on, uh, you know, shortly thereafter. Uh, but literally in the last two years, it, fentanyl has has taken the lead role there because it's unbelievably inexpensive to to manufacture. Oh, okay. Right. And so, so, and and then again, you think about how little it takes to actually change the dynamic of a high. Yeah. And so, so your volume is is controlled completely different than anything else. Let me ask you. You, you mentioned Adderall a minute ago. Uh, uh, common prescription for kids nowadays that have attention deficit disorder. Um, as parents, we've all been told that that's not addictive mm. when they give it to the kid. Mm. Yeah. Is that not the case? Well, I, I can't speak from the medical pers- per- uh, perspective, but I can tell you that we have seen numerous uh, individuals year after year that Adderall was their either their drug of choice or kind of their introduction to something further. Is it if it's not chemically addictive, could it be operationally addictive? Yeah, for sure. I think, and I'm not. That's probably not the right term. But what behaviorally, I mean, yeah, right? yeah, that you just need it to do what you want to do. Right. That I, that that normal feels different now. Right. And so, in order to feel normal, I'm trying to do anything or take anything that I can that would help me feel to get back to again. that spot. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. And and I've known that people who are drug addicts and and have gone into rehab and and of course everything is removed right. and and one of the things that they begged for I got to have my Adderall right you can't take that from me right uh because I can't function without it now I don't know what we want to call that but that 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 sounds even though it's not a right. chemical right. addiction right. it's right. Yeah. what right. I call yeah. an operational addiction right. right yeah exactly and and so with this open border that we have, yeah. and you said you're seeing the fentanyl being more and more prominent, uh, and the heroin being more and more prominent. Um, just common sense, and Bob and I have talked about it on the on the main show many times. If you have an open border and people aren't being vetted coming into the country, everything comes in so much easier. Are you seeing a direct result from from that to your your clients you're dealing with? Yeah, without question. You yeah. know, the DEA 
uh, agents that we have worked with uh, at the foundry have identified that that I-20 corridor is a is a hot spot coming all the way from the border all the way through mm. to Atlanta. And so we're kind of, if you look at the Foundry's primary campus in Bessemer, we're six blocks from I-20, wow. right? So, so the access uh, mm-hmm. corridor, uh, but then you start talking, think about this. What happens if you close the door at the border? It's going to have a, a, a positive effect. Right. And so by the other option, we've got the doors wide open. Um, it, it's not being stopped and it's trickling down, not just to your, to your drug users that, that have this stereotypical, uh, I've lived on the streets kind of drug. I'm talking about people that are going, you're going to school with, people you're going to church with, people that you work with, that are now being introduced to fentanyl, uh, many of which, unbeknownst to them, uh, that is creating the, the, the you know, epidemic that we're facing. No, I, I think you're right. I, I think I, the, as far as, you know, when you think about, like you just said, stereotypes, you know, that's always been around. Um, to me, and maybe I'm just discuss where I interact, but it, it seems like the the huge increase is with the people you wouldn't expect to have drug problems. For sure, I'm not as far as stereotypes are concerned. Yeah. None yeah. of us know everybody's you know issues in their life, right? But by all appearances, this is not some person on the streets. Yeah, like, not living under a bridge yeah, somewhere. Yeah, yeah. Th- so, these right. are people that have jobs. They end up losing them. It ends up destroying their lives, but but they would be in a part of our society that we would have thought would have been exempt from this. Yeah, and I'll, I'll tell you how uh, how severe it has gotten with fentanyl in our country, and I don't have to tell you, but but about maybe three weeks ago, the Wall Street Journal actually did a, a, an article that was featuring some of the uh, cartel in Mexico that were notifying their manufacturers of fentanyl to say, stop it. And it was twofold reason. One was because the heat from the United States has been turned up on us in our country. We want to turn that heat down. But also, you're killing all of our clients, mm. right? So they're saying, stop it or we'll take you out of the equation. Again, the Wall Street Journal reporting this about wow. uh, what's happening with the cartels in Mexico. Yeah. Um, so, a, a, so it, it a dead tri- a dead clientele. Uh, you, you, yeah, that, they need addicted, that, not dead. Yeah, right. That, right. That's right. the end of the muddy line. Yeah. That's it. Yeah, and 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 I don't think any of us have even the remote concept of how much money we're talking about. Oh, I'm really close. The, the dollars. Are, I mean, it is it is huge. Yeah. Huge business, which is why there's such a, a draw to it. What what do we hear in Smuggler's Blues by Glenn Fry? The lure of easy money has bring a, good men has, to their knees. It has a very strong appeal, doesn't it? It yeah. does. All right, we'll come back. I want to ask you about the process because I mean we've all seen it, uh, and and we'll we'll break and we'll come back. Is give us some guidance. If, if we have somebody that we love, are there somebody that's watching this, listen to this? Because one of the things that you see is this cycle of the addict that goes, like you said, you can dry out anybody if, if you just work the program. It's kind of like what I said when people ask me about diets. They all work, but are they sustainable? Right. And, and so drug rehabilitation that is sustainable, because we've all heard the horror stories of the, the loved one that just keeps going back and going back and going back. And we'll talk about that vicious cycle when we come back, when Rick and Bubba University continues right after this. All right, so Bubba, we, another problem we talk about on the show, and that is 
I, I need something, but I don't like sending my money to people and companies that are, I think are what's wrong with our society. You just feel you don't like, like you're you're supporting yeah. the political causes that you don't want to, but you still need the service. Well, I have good news when it comes to wireless. Ten years now, Patriot Mobile has been America's only Christian conservative wireless provider. And now, when we say only, I trust us— it, the only, uh, and uh, we we love that they support what we do here uh, at, at Rick and Bubba University and, and Rick and Bubba Show. So we love partnering with them. They offer dependable nationwide coverage, giving you the ability to access all the three major networks. You're not you're not going to have a downgrade uh, in service, which means you get the same coverage that you've been accustomed to. But guess what's not going to be there? Funding things that you don't Thank agree with. You. That's out. Uh, when you switch to Patriot Mobile, you're sending the message what? Free speech, religious freedom, sanctity of life, Second Amendment. You're supporting military veterans and first responders uh, and treating them as the heroes that they are. So their 100% U.S.-based customer service team makes switching easy. Do you want to keep the number? Fine. Keep your number. You don't have to switch numbers. Keep your phone? That's fine. Or you can upgrade, whatever you want to do. Uh, the team there will help you find the best plan for your needs. So go to patriotmobile.com slash Bubba. That's patriotmobile.com slash rickbubba, or you can call them 972-PATRIOT. Get free activation when you use the offer code rickbubba. That's free activation. Join uh, join the team today at Patriot Mobile. So we're on Rick and Bubba University, the podcast. Micah Andrews, CEO of the Foundry, talking about drug addiction, but then talking about uh, the, the hope and, and rehabilitation with the right system and so that's kind of what we talked about going into the break Micah you know this I don't have to tell you this this is this is what you do this is your everyday I can't tell you the the number of times I think one time I, I read a book uh, from a person who had a drug addiction in their home and um, they didn't have access to the foundry or they didn't know about it it was another part of the country and he said that he listed that their loved one had been in and out of rehab 23 times yeah 23 times and he talked about the hundreds of thousands of dollars that they spent and they never could get that person. I know some of it, you can't make people make good choices. I got that. So I I acknowledge that, but tell me about your experience on, and I know that I'm not trying to tell you to do a one size fits all because people are so unique in their individuality, but what have you seen based on what the foundry does to try to at least minimize the 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 probability of the returning and the returning and the returning. Yeah. So so if I could had to describe the foundry and how we do what we do, I'd I'd take it straight back to the the book of Luke, yeah. the story of the good Samaritan. Right. We try to come alongside men and women that are in the ditch of addiction, pull them out of that ditch first of all, right? Then mend their wounds and prepare them for life in the future. Uh, I think one of the things that makes the Foundry's model unique uh, is kind of that answer to, to what do you tell the parents, right? That we created a culture of loving first and loving most, right? Because most of the folks that come to us are hopeless. They're in a trap. If they could have gotten out on their own, they probably would have already, mm-hmm. uh, but they can't. And so they come to a place like the Foundry to where they're going to first and foremost find that love and acceptance Right, whether you're going to hear about Jesus, but you're going to fill him before you hear about him at the foundry. That's kind of the way 
we had this thing called the first day experience. If you've ever checked into a nice hotel, when you walk mm-hmm. into that room and you say on the, on the television, welcome, Micah, glad you're here. Right. We created that same environment. So when someone walks in our doors, they're going to see their name on a, on a welcome sheet at the front desk, right? Uh, they're also going. They're not going to carry their bags to their room once they've checked in. And we're just trying to create that environment and that atmosphere to show someone who has been kicked out, thrown away by everybody in their life that somebody else cares about you. And I think that is the key piece for um, folks. It's the key first starting piece that my life still matters. Yeah. Right. That I'm not what I think I've been told I am. Uh, but but I still got some hope. I still got some future. Uh, and that's, that's a, a critical piece of the way we kind of approach it is to say, look, I don't care what the, the, the past part of the story has look, looks like. Let's focus on what today and the future can look like. Micah, tell us a little bit kind of the nuts and bolts of how do you how yeah. do you replace we use that pothole example a minute ago that that hole in somebody's life with a spiritual answer that we all believe is the answer. But how do you how do you go about that? How do you build those people up to to do that so that they don't have the desire for this anymore? Yeah. Well, like Rick said, if there was a one size fits all, it would be ideal. Right. However, there's not. Different people get into addiction, different mm-hmm. routes. I think they they walk away from addiction or or are delivered or whatever how you want to describe that or define that in different ways. Our approach at the Foundry is what we created a, a process. We call it the Foundry Way, right? Mm-hmm. And it's it's this idea of you're going to be residentially with us for 26 weeks. And so we do a split, 13 weeks uh, of what we would call give week, 13 weeks of grow week, and they alternate back and forth. And so what we, our approach is, is really kind of simple, that we're going to be helping you walk through all the things to fill in that hole, how to deal with conflict in a positive way, how to, de- you know, uh, sustain relationships in, a, in, in the right way, uh, all of these different pieces. And then the following week, when you're giving, you're going to have what we call a real-life learning lab scenario to where you can take what you've learned and put into practice. Quick example, if we're talking about anger management, somebody next week, when you're in this classroom, we're, we're giving you all the tools and all the resources. We're trying to pack the bag so that when you get to the destination, you've got everything you need for an enjoyable trip, right? Right. right. So, so the next week when you're taking those things of anger management and, and how to deal with it, uh, you're going to have somebody that's going to irritate you that following week. I can just about guarantee it. <laughs> yeah. right? Yeah. Right. And so, so we create, whether it's in, in food services or in our thrift stores or in our maintenance staff, our guy, these guys are finding places to plug in so that they can actually put into practice what they've been taught the week before. We found that to be very successful because it's it's a little bit of practice before you get back out in the real world and have to start playing again. Yeah, and and so it's it's rethinking. You know, it's Romans twelve that I would be renewed, uh, restored by the renewing yeah, right. of my mind that I would just think yeah. differently about myself right. and about the world that I live in and the people that I live with. Yeah, that that transformation, and and you know, I think sometimes we we doubt that. Even as followers of Christ, which I'm, I'm embarrassed to say that, I remember the first time I read uh, Dallas Willard's book, The Spirit of the mm-hmm. Disciplines, he said, I-, I think the Western church has taken the power of the gospel and just sowed it too low. Yeah. Uh, as if, as if, hey, good, you're not going to hell, but it's really not going to change anything about your life. Uh, and he goes, that, that's not what scripture teaches. I mean, 
I mean, like you said, I thought about um, in um, First or Second Corinthians, I can't think which one it is, that uh, it's chapter 5, uh, verse 10, where it says that, that, you know, when you have been justified by Jesus, the old is passing away, and behold, the new has come. It doesn't say it might be somewhat new or it may be a little bit better. It says that old life, because of the power of Jesus, if you'll continue to seek him and be sanctified, abide in him, let him be. What, what, what is the center of all your attention and what you seek after and what you pursue. And because he's so powerful, this old you will be completely regenerated and, and, and go away and behold, the new has come. Not that it, it uh, the, uh, sort of new, completely new comes because of him, not because of us, not because right. of our new self-control and, and all this, but because of him. And I think sometimes, Rick Burgess included, Reading that in Scripture and going, you mean it's just a one-step program? <laughs> right. It's just immersing myself in Jesus? Yeah. Uh, and, 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 you know, especially men, we're kind of like, well, there's got to be more to it than that. You <laughs> right. know, and, and you realize, no, he's the only hope you got. Yeah. You know, and, and, you know, and one of the things that I think even what you, have, you, you guys do a good job of preparing them for, and, and I, I was not prepared for it to begin with when I was redeemed, but then I learned it as I went, is before we're redeemed, the flesh is running the show. The spirit's dead because of the original sin. Our spirit's dead. We don't have God's presence in our life. So then when you finally say, I repent and I turn from my sin, and now my spirit, God's seed, comes into my spirit and makes that dead spirit alive. And C.S. Lewis talks about this. He said, what you need to prepare for now is the flesh is going to fight for its life. Right. Because now it, has, it actually has an opponent now. And you better feed that spirit because you keep feeding that flesh. Whoever you feed is going to win. Yeah. And, and, and so, but trying to get people to have that mindset, I know it's not easy. And some of it's just supernatural. You can't do it. You, just, you ever had somebody say, look, I don't know how to explain it to you. I'm just telling you what happened. Right? Yeah. Kind of like the yeah. guy when he's being questioned by the Pharisees. <laughs> so tell me about it. Look, all I know is I was blind. Yeah. And this guy came over talking to me and now I can see. That's all I know. Uh, it, but it's hard to get someone to understand that when you can't really tell them what it's going to be like. That's right. And I'll tell you, one of the things I think also makes the foundry unique is um, when when someone's just coming into our program and their interaction with somebody that's about five or six months along in the process, when they start seeing a real-life change in go. them, yeah. mm-hmm. I don't have to say a word. right? Our right. staff that doesn't have that influence who has the influence? Somebody that's been there, right there where they where they're at, and they see a life change. I love it when you got guys that come in or ladies that come in and they knew somebody from out on the streets, so to speak, that's four or five months ahead of them, and they're like, I don't even recognize that person anymore. Uh, there's a life change that takes place, and it's not a quick process. No, right, no. and we shouldn't I, think it is. That's, that's a mistake. Yeah, I think it begins with a decision. But it doesn't end with a decision, right? Right. That decision just kind of changes the course and the can- changes the direction, sure. and then you gotta you gotta equip yourself with the right tools, the right resources, the right environments, um, and I think that's one of the things that the foundry uh, really keys in on is how do we set you up for a lifetime of freedom uh, once you leave. Uh, I use that phrase all the time. Uh, you're gonna play like you practice, right? So let's practice really, really well. Yeah. I will come back. We'll finish up our conversation uh, with Micah Andrews. A few more questions, and we'll tell you, you know, how you can access 
uh, and even help with what uh, the founder is doing when Rick and Bubba University, the podcast, continues. Well, now this is an interesting uh, opportunity. We're now going to talk about a new product called Fume, and guess what they do? They try to help you break bad habits. Well, uh, so you know, timing is perfect. Well, and I think uh, we would all agree with this. I know that we all are big fans of cold turkey. Uh, it's good. It's good after Thanksgiving on a sandwich, but sometimes <laughs> trying to break an addiction, it's not that simple. Uh, and so you can break those bad habits by usually replacing that bad habit with a good habit. And and the folks at Fume w- want to help you with that, uh, you know, because. Um, when you're thinking about, you know, something that maybe you're enjoying, what if we could make that where it wouldn't be something bad for you? Uh, instead of electronics, fume is completely natural. Instead of vapor, fume uses flavored air. And instead instead of those harmful chemicals, uh, they use all natural, delicious flavors. So you get it. Instead of it being bad, fume can actually be a good habit. Uh, and, and, it, and, it, and it makes replacing that bad habit uh, a lot easier. Uh, it's got an adjustable airflow dial. It's designed with movable parts and magnets. If you're like me, I, I, I like to fidget. Uh, it's great for fidgeting. Uh, you'll love that. <laughs> and your, your fingers have a lot to do for distressing and anxiety while breaking that bad habit. You'll love the taste. Uh, you, you'll love the, how weighted and perfectly balanced and extremely fun uh, the, the product is. It's, it's made of beautiful real wood, and, and uh, you, you'll feel kind of cool with it as well. So if you'd like to find out more about it, now Fume is spelled F-U-M. Okay, Tryfume.com. Use the code Rick Bubba to save 10%. Uh, when you get the journey pack today, that's try T R Y F U M dot com and use our code Rick Bubba to save that additional 10% off your order today. Head to tryfume.com slash Rick Bubba for an additional 10% off. So Rick and Bubba university, and uh, we're moving into the, the last part of our time together with Micah Andrews, uh, with the, with the foundry. So, I'll t- ask you one more question, and then we'll get into maybe how people can come alongside what you guys are doing. Yeah. And if Bubba has how do you question. do all this? Yeah. yeah. So when when someone's leaving, you know, I I know someone who who you know lived a rough life myself. I knew that I needed to change my environment when when I decided to change my life, and I had to say goodbye to a lot of people. But sometimes those people don't want to be said goodbye to, and I know for my people that I know that that were addicts. As soon as they go back out into society, those people start trying to find them again because they were good clients right. and they made money sure. off of them. And what do you do to try to help them? You know, do you say you got to get rid of that cell phone, start over? I mean, what do you do with some of that practical stuff? Like, don't let the people come back into your life that were the problem. I mean, you're the problem, and we have to take ownership. It goes sure. back to what our, our friend that but, was the addict, Bill Searcy, once said. He said, everybody kept telling me to move somewhere else, and he goes, the problem is everywhere I went, there I was. <laughs> you know, you know. but so yeah, you ha- I know and ultimately you got to be responsible right. for you, but there's also some things that, that you can't control, and that's uh, one of them is like some of those people from your old life, they want to find you as soon as you get out. Yeah. So so I use a, a phrase that, that it was not original, but uh, – uh, success is found when you're trying when you change your playmates, your play toys, and your playground. Right, right. Changing a true change in identity becomes being some somebody different. Right, right. Being somebody different somewhere else. Right, and so uh, you know, like like you you mentioned, Rick, troubles abound. <laughs> they will always be with us. Yeah. However, yeah. Uh, I can make it a little bit more difficult by closing some of the doors. Uh, that I know are risk doors or 
right. you know, trouble areas for my life. And so uh, I think changing your environment is critical. Uh, that's why a lot of people that come to the foundry, you know, 17 percent of our, our, our folks currently are from an, a different state. Yeah. And they come to us. Why? Because they needed a change of venue. Right. Uh, and there, I think there's a reason. There's there's power in a fresh start and a clean slate uh, and, and starting completely fresh and starting completely over. Um, if it were up to willpower, mm. everybody would be clean, everybody right? Everybody be, yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, I, I, I went through something recently. It wasn't anything to do with addiction, but it was difficulty. And my friends meant well, and they're all standing there looking at me, and they said, look, man, anything you need, you let us know. And you know what I said? I don't know what I need. Yeah. <laughs> I've yeah. never been in this situation before. <laughs> I have no idea what I need. Yep. Some of this we're going to have to figure out as yeah. we go. If I knew what I needed, I'd already told you. Yeah. you know, yeah, so, Absolutely. So you also have to find out what you need. So, Micah, you guys are doing an incredible job. You're getting incredible results. But it takes money to do this. Yeah. Tell us now how business-wise, how you keep this operation moving forward. Yeah, I think it was us. Our friend Scott Dawson has said many times, what we do, we don't do for money, but it requires money. Yes. Amen. Yeah, right? Absolutely. And so our model at the Foundry is we generate about 65% of our own revenue uh, each year through our thrift stores, mm-hmm. uh, which kind of takes the pressure off in one sense, but then it also says, all right, how are we going to make up that difference? Right. And so we do a, a lot of fundraising, and we're always, I feel like we're, um, we're, we're stewarding well the gifts that people invest into our ministry. Right. Uh, but, but between our thrift stores, our, our, our fundraising efforts, uh, we're generating somewhere, uh, you know, it's a significant amount of money uh, to re- require to to do what right. we do. Oh, sure. Uh, so so what about if I'm out? I'm I'm catching this podcast. So I know that we can help financially. I can just yeah. donate, right? I can just sure. say, hey, let let me help you. Yeah. If I, the I, Lord I, has I, laid yeah, it on I, your I heart, feel, how do we do that? Yeah. Yeah. So so I think those one time gifts are are critical to our our success. Uh, we have monthly giving campaigns and opportunities that we have through our website. Uh, but the greatest, I think, benefit that the foundry and the men and women that we serve get is when someone gives themselves and gives their time. Right. Uh, I'll give you a great example of volunteering opportunities. Um, I tell people often, your presence is way more important than your performance. What you do, yeah, we, we're very grateful for that. It saves right. us money, helps us in so many different ways. But your presence, because if I'm teaching and trying to help walk through uh, the life with a young guy uh, who wants to be a, a father that he knows he hasn't been, who better than put him with than somebody that is a successful, faith-filled father yeah. that's volunteering their time? Right. And so to, for us, that's probably the, the greatest benefit that people can offer to our ministry. Well, like, uh, what kind of skills do you need or what kind of, I mean, you give the example of a dad, but. Are there particular things that, that you really need? There are. And, and, and really, you know, Bubba, it runs the gamut. Uh, there are things that are skill-based. There are some things we just need you around to kind of help fill some voids, yeah. fill some gaps. Uh, we, we do all of, our, all of our volunteer opportunities through an app called Vomo, V-O-M-O. Uh, we list all of our opportunities there, but they're not limited to those opportunities because if somebody has a, a skill set or a gift that they can bring to the table, in fact, we've got uh, a marriage and family counselor uh, that has just started wow. as a volunteer that supplements the, the faith counseling that we're offering and the substance use counseling that we're offering. Uh, we wouldn't be able to go out and afford to hire right. a full-time marriage and family counselor, uh, but this individual is volunteering her time to our uh, to our program participants. So that's invaluable for us. 
couple of things I want to hit on before we wrap up our time. So if you want to find out about serving, foundryministries.com slash serve. So you can go right there and go right to the part of the serving opportunities that are there. Uh, and also, I will say this just from experience. I know, Bubba, you've probably been in the same boat. We love the one-time gifts, but, boy, if you could be a monthly giver. Absolutely. I, I've actually talked to ministries before, and I said, what, what, what's the best for you? And they said, honestly, I love the one-time gift. It looks good. But if you would do less than that but just do it every month, that really helps us because we can count on it. We know it's That's there. It, right. You know, they don't like, have to start yeah, at zero. Yeah, right. Yeah. So even if it's it's not a, if it's a smaller amount, but you could do it month after month after month after month. That actually, over the long term, is the most beneficial. Yeah. And now we'll still take a one time gift. Absolutely. Right. Especially right. if it's a big one. There's a reason we're called <laughs> right. nonprofit. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. So if you want to serve, go go there. And if you want to learn out learn how you can come alongside this uh, life changing program. FoundryMinistries.com. If you're looking to serve, go to FoundryMinistries.com slash serve. Micah Andrews and the Foundry, uh, thank you for what you guys are doing. We, we've seen firsthand how God is is using you, uh, but uh, I know that you would like nothing better if, if this was not necessary. But, That's right. But unfortunately, it is. It is. Yeah. So thank you for taking time to, to be with us today. If you want to find out more information, just use those websites that I just gave you, FoundryMinistries.com. Com. Thank you, Micah. Bubba, well done. Thank you, buddy. And thanks to each and every one of you for being with us on today's edition of Rick and Bubba University, the podcast.